A quick note before you dive into today's episode. While I will always be an advocate for multi-passionates embracing their talents as a gift, not a burden, I have decided that I'm no longer going to run a business with that as the goal. Please note that as you listen to any episodes, any of the offers that I have expressed, especially my coaching program, which I've talked about in many episodes, those are no longer relevant as my business is closing. If you'd like to stay connected, come and find me on LinkedIn. The link will be added across the show notes in all episodes. Be well. Having a personal brand is super important. It allows you to grow, shift, and evolve while still maintaining a connection with your audience and or your community in a way that just having a traditional business might not. But what does it mean to create a brand as a multi-passionate person who might change their mind quite often? Is it all about colors and fonts and signature emojis? Today, I'll be talking with Shine Webster, a branding expert and fellow multi-passionate who offers a refreshing take on what it actually means to build a brand, why having a memorable brand is more important than having a successful business, and how to tap into the movement you're creating to inform the way your brand shows up in the world. Get your notebook ready. This is a really juicy one. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the show. You are in for such a treat today. This is a guest that I have been so excited to invite on. We are talking to a brand design specialist today, Shine Webster. Shine is a brand strategist, designer, Adobe Express ambassador, and the founder of Design by Shine, among other many hats that she wears. She started her first business at age 17 and founded her studio a year later. Today at 20, she's helped nearly 100 brands grow. Shine is a leader for fellow rebels and disruptors, blazing her own bright orange trail through the industry with her anti-hustle, human-first approach to branding. And Shine is here with us today. Shine, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Very glowing introduction. I'm super excited to be here chatting with you today. I can't wait for our conversation and drop some gems. Yes, I will be here to catch all of them. Uh, we were saying before we press record, this is probably my most selfish interview because I genuinely have a lot of questions for you about personal branding, building a brand, and why that's so important, and how we can do that as multi-passionates who change our minds all the time. So I'm really excited to dig into this with you today. But first, we're going to start with the icebreaker question that I ask all of our guests, and that is, do you consider yourself a multi-passionate? And if so, what does that mean to you? Ooh, such a great question. I definitely consider myself multi-passionate. I think all humans are multi-passionate. I think we're all multi-dimensional and there's just so many different facets to us and life is more exciting that we have different passions. For me, that looks like definitely obviously being passionate about my line of work as a designer, but also embracing other passions like mentorship and education and, you know, tech and community building and apparel and streetwear and all the different things. And I think it's super cool to have all these different passions because it allows us to kind of find those different connections. So yeah, definitely multi-passionate. I had a feeling that you would say that, but it's good to hear it from you. So fellow multi-passionate here, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about what it means to build a brand. And I've seen you say so many times, having a business is great. Even having a business that is quote unquote successful and pays the bills is great, but having an unforgettable brand is better. Can you break that down for us? Why is having an unforgettable brand better than having you know, a successful business? 
Yes, I will die on this hill. Your business is great. It's so great. And if you have a quote unquote successful business, congrats, that's amazing. But having a brand that is truly you, especially a personal brand, is so powerful because for one, your brand is pivot proof. So for us multi-passionates, our brands kind of give us that almost safety or kind of power that no matter you know what industry or what type of work we end up doing, we still have this thing that we're known for and that brings value to our community in a way that's unchanging regardless. Like if I wanted to switch my services over tomorrow, maybe I wasn't a brand designer anymore, my brand would stay with me. My business model will change, how I make money will change, the people on my team might change, but my brand will stay the same. And that is what's ultimately gonna keep people you know, investing in me and keep people loyal and investing in my vision and you know growing that business again so i think it's super important to have an unforgettable irreplaceable brand because it grows your business for you so let's have a working definition as we continue through this conversation of what a brand is or maybe what an unforgettable brand is what are some of the elements that create that because when i think about a brand i mainly think about a visual experience like someone being able to see a visual and go, oh, that's shine, like, or, oh, that's joy. And this is something I don't think I'm great at because I constantly switch it up all the time. (laughs) So I'm like, "Mm, they might kind of know it's me or they might not. So I would love to know, you know, what exactly is an unforgettable brand? What are some of the pillars of that? Yeah, I think that's such a great question and so relatable for a lot of us multi-passionates because we constantly are changing and evolving. To me, the unforgettable brand and just brand in general really looks like feeling. I think it's more of a feeling and I think it's an experience and a culture. And I think all of those things, there's room for them to grow and change and evolve as long as they're still sort of rooted in a core concept. So for me, as a graphic designer, it's kind of ironic that I say this, but your logo and your colors and your fonts are not as important as you think in the way that you think they are. So obviously they're super important. Your branding is super valuable. I obviously know this because this is the work I do, but all of those things are a means to an end, not the end themselves. And I feel like sometimes people get so caught up in, oh, I need to use the right colors or my fonts need to be perfect. I, as a designer, don't even use the same fonts all the time. I don't use the same hex code colors. It doesn't matter because nobody knows as long as the same feeling is still present. So I can create any type of branding, any type of visual or anything like that as long as it still comes back to that core feeling I want you to feel or that core experience I want you to have when you look at it and that core culture that I'm trying to build. And to me, that's what a brand is. It's really more of the intangibles than the actual like visual branding or your copy on your website and stuff like that. Okay. I'm so relieved. (laughs) I'm so relieved to hear that. So it's a feeling that someone has when they, you know, interact with your work, whether you're right there talking to them or not. It's sort of this feeling that they're left with when they interact with any content that you're putting out or anywhere that they may find you. Is that, am I like kind of getting it right? Exactly. That's the perfect way to describe it. It's whatever they, that that impression and that perception they have of you, however they think of you and what they would say about you, that is your brand in a nutshell. So how does someone go about figuring that out specifically if they're multi-passionate. So all of my listeners are multi-passionate or multi-passionate curious, I guess. And so there's kind of this underlying sense of not wanting to overcommit to any one thing at any given time, which is why I felt relieved when I heard you say, you don't even use the same fonts or you'll change up your colors, you know, depending on the vibe that you want to give off. 
So when it comes to the feeling that we want someone to feel as a multi-passionate, maybe business owner or, you know, influencer or whatever that looks like, is it more helpful to think about it like a personal brand than a business? Or how do you kind of navigate figuring out what that feeling is? You know, are there like questions you can ask yourself or would you look at your personal life for that? How do you get started there? Yeah, this is definitely something that is such a work in progress for a lot of my clients. I think I definitely kind of have to put on my coaching hat a lot of the times. And if you're doing this yourself, you kind of have to self-coach because it really is sort of this personal self-discovery moment. So you first off have to really intentionally like create this space in this moment for yourself of reflection. And you have to be willing to kind of look within and look at your life and do some thinking about, I think what's really helpful is what people say most about you. Like what are the positive things that people are always saying about you? Are you the friend who always has great advice? Are you the person someone would want to be their kid's godparent? Are you the person that makes um, all the plans for your friend hangouts? You know, I think all these little things are parts of the indicators of your brand. They're parts of your brand. They tell you a little bit more about yourself. And the, the number one problem I see people having is that the things that make you you are usually so natural to you that you overlook them. But those are the things that actually really set you apart to other people. So you might think it's insignificant. And if you were to sit down and try to journal through this, you might not think of it right away because it's like so inherent. But for other people, those things stand out about you. So that's why I say, you know, look to what people say about you. Ask your friends, like, what are my strengths? What do you come to me for? Blah, blah, blah. Or your clients or your past employers, even just people in your life. But I think having that outside perspective of as to what kind of person you are is super helpful because for me, just my experience, in case this is helpful for anyone, in high school, I was always like the very extra friend. Like I always made everything a thing. I was very loud. I was very over the top. And I thought this was kind of a flaw at first, but I realized that that actually translates into really everything I do because I take ordinary things and I know how to get people to buy into them. I know how to make things meaningful and a valuable and exciting experience for people. And that's literally what I do in my work building brands. I take whatever you think is mundane or ordinary or whatever little product you're building. And I know how to make that a big thing for your community. I know how to make people excited and care about that. And so it can be as simple as that. It's sometimes just things that you're already always doing, but just taking a moment to look at those and say, okay, well, this is who I am, but how does that translate into what I do now? So I think that's a really good place to start. I think about how you make people feel and what you're known for, what you want to be known for, what type of a friend you are, that's a really good place to start. And I don't think you have to define it and constrain yourself to just being that because the same way you change as a person, your brand changes. Like you may grow and evolve and change opinions and be a little more reserved or be a little louder at different points in your life. That doesn't mean you're not you. So you can do those different things in your brands and still be on brand. It doesn't mean it's not your brand anymore. Right. As long as it's still giving that feeling, that core feeling that you want to express. Okay. I love this. I'm like taking mental notes for myself. Okay, cool. Maybe I'm not that bad with branding because I think what we fall into is when we think about brands, we really do think about fonts, color choices. You know, I think about going to someone's website or social feed and seeing the same color and the same fonts. And I think, wow, the dedication, like the ability to just get behind those colors and that font forever to me is like so interesting. But what I like about your content specifically and what keeps me so engaged is that you kind of have these moments like, you know, last summer or this past summer you did Slow Girl Summer. 
And it was like this moment that I could tell. And I remember DMing you and asking you like, did this come from your personal life? You know, how did this come to be? Because I remember feeling like this is really personal to shine. And there's a reason why Slow Girl Summer is becoming a part of her brand. Like I just knew it. And sure enough, you were like, yeah, I guess it kind of came from my personal experience. So can you talk us through, I think that there's such a teachable moment in the whole Slow Girl Summer, how you were able to take that concept and kind of turn it into this online movement. Can you talk us through that process? And then also, what did it look like to create a brand for a movement? Because I think that's something that's really rare that we don't always see, or maybe we see it happen, but to the normal viewer, we don't know that that's what's happening. So could you break that down for us? Yeah, I think Slow Girl Summer definitely came from a place of my personal life and my personal experience, just getting used to not being overworked, balancing work with my life better, healing from burnout, really just focusing more on my own personal wellness, which I hadn't really done while working over like the harsh of the harshness of the pandemic. I think that's kind of when some of the best parts of your brand develop is when those natural moments in your life, the things that you feel are significant come through your brand. Ultimately, it's your brand. Nobody's more of that expert in like your philosophy and your life and your lived experiences than you. So if you feel those things are important and you can find the connection to your actual brand, that's super huge. And I think that can be really valuable to people. So for me, that process was like, oh, I'm going through this. Oh, wait, this would be cool if I could help my community go through this because I'm sure other people are dealing with it. And then I had this moment of, oh, wait, here's the tie-in. Here's how I connect it. And I think just finding that common thread between whatever your experience is and then how it fits into your brand is super key. So for me, slowing down really fit into my brand because that's the way I work. I approach my work like super deeply, super slowly, very intentionally with my clients. And that was exactly what I was experiencing in my life. So it felt like a very natural connection. And when you can find those natural connections, it's really easy to bring parts of your actual life into your brand at different times. And I think speaking to branding a movement, yeah, I mean, I think for me, that was sort of something like I mentioned earlier, like I just am naturally that person who will, who will make anything a bigger thing. So I was like, okay, this is cool. Like this is my experience, but what if it was actually a whole movement? Like what if it was a whole vibe, a whole campaign, a whole thing that I'm trying to get people to buy into and join and realize for themselves instead of just what I'm experiencing. And so I think that's also the power too when you're going through these things, when you want to start movements, really focusing on how you can help other people and what is going to help people come to that, have that almost sort of like come to Jesus moment. Like what is going to make people decide or what is going to, what is that inciting action that people will feel like, oh, wow, there's like a better way or a different way. So I think when you're branding a movement, being really aware of like how people think and how they feel and how you can deliver information to them is super key. And it's interesting because we're talking about branding a movement and, you know, someone listening might say, oh, well, I have a product-based business or I'm a coach, so I don't really know how that applies to me. But I actually think that thinking of whatever work you're putting out into the world as a movement is really helpful. Like, yes, I'm a life coach for multi-passionates, but I'm starting a movement where we are no longer the underdogs and we have a clear, like, way that we can operate in the world that we feel good about, right? So maybe that's just my brand. It's like, it's cool to be multi-passionate and you feel good about that. And then everything kind of falls under that. Someone else who has a product-based business, maybe they can approach it as, you know, I, yes, I'm an artist and I sell paintings, but it's really about encouraging self-expression or something like that. Do you have any examples of places where you've seen 
someone with a more straightforward business model really be able to embrace this kind of movement ethos, whether it's someone that we've all heard of or just someone that you've worked with? I'm curious if we can pull some more examples to make sure people really understand how they can apply this to whatever work they do in the world. Yeah, I think a really good one is this company called Ghost Town Oats. So they're an oat milk brand and at a service level, cool, oat milk brand. Like we have Oatly, we have Califia Farms, you know, it's oat milk, it's a product. It's really not that deep, right? Or so you would think, but I think it's always about finding that deeper connection, that deeper purpose or philosophy behind it. And when you can do that, then it, it, anything can be a, be a movement. And so Ghost Town Oats is really all about making oat milk more inclusive and bringing oat milk to different communities, primarily communities of color, black communities, you know, because a lot of these healthier products are typically marketed in like a higher middle class or a certain type of demographic. And so you can essentially, whatever you want to dream of yourself as, whatever you want to think of yourself as, as long as you play big, you can start a movement, right? I think the idea that, oh, it's just this product, or I'm just a life coach, or I just have this, don't play small. You're playing small in that way. And when you play small, of course, you're not going to think of it as a movement. But if you have the audacity to say, I'm a life coach and I'm starting this movement, then you have a movement on your hands. Any other brand designer you ask probably doesn't start a movement, but I just had the audacity to start a movement. And so my services and my way of doing business became a movement that other people could buy into. So Ghost Town Oats had the audacity to say, well, yes, we have a product, but actually we want to do something even bigger. That's how you start a movement. So I think it's really about how you see it and how you frame it, you're in control of the narrative here, right? If you want to present yourself and your product into the world as a movement towards something, whatever you care about, then you can easily do it as long as you say, hey, this is what we're doing here. I think it's all about what you choose to frame yourself and your product or your service as. Yeah. And just from like a consumer level, I can get behind a movement way quicker than I can get behind a product. Exactly. That's right. Like that's the whole point. It's once you get behind the movement, also just to grow your business, like once people are committed to your movement, they'll continue to support you. It's a lot easier to get people to buy product once they've already bought the movement than it is to try and get people to continue buying product over and over and over again. Oh my gosh, major gym that just got dropped, everyone. Can you say that one more time? Yes. Once you get people to buy into the movement, it is so much easier for them to be repeat buyers, repeat customers. They'll continue to buy your services or your products because they're already invested in the vision instead of trying to convince them every single time you need this product, then you need this product, then you need this product. One is way easier than the other. And I'm telling you, the movement route is the way to go. Wow. That's a huge, profound shift in just marketing and approaching how you even talk about the work that you do. Really saying, okay, yeah, I'm sending out an email, but what's the movement that I can invite people into? And so the same way that we're saying it's easier to buy into a movement than it is to buy into like a product or a service, would you also say it's easier to buy into a brand than it is to buy into like a business? Are we starting to kind of really get to the heart of why having a brand is so different than just having a business? 100%. That connection is exactly it. When you have a business, you're always competing on logistics and people can beat that out easily. You're competing on price, you're competing on convenience, you're competing on all of these things that are metrics and anybody can beat you at metrics. Someone smarter, someone faster, someone with more resources, someone with more experience or more degrees or a bigger network can come along and do better than that, right? If your business is all you're competing on, you're competing. But if you have a brand, that's irreplaceable because nobody can be you. Nobody can think exactly like you. Sure, someone can have the same business model or the same type of product or type of service, 
but they can't duplicate what you do. They can't have your movement. That's inauthentic because they don't have your experience. They don't have your perspectives. They don't have your feelings and your way of looking at the world. So that's something that people can't ever take from you or beat you at because you're the only one on this planet who can bring that unique blend to the table. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm totally convinced having a brand is more important. (laughs) Totally. It makes so much sense. Okay. So I want to talk about you for a second and just pick your brain a little bit about how some of your personal interests have shown up in your brand, in your movement, and in your work over at Design by Shine. So I know that you love sneakers and putting together fun outfits, whether it's something that you thrifted. How does that kind of play a part in your personal brand and how you brand your services and your movement? Yeah, I love sneakers. I love streetwear culture. So I think part of that, number one, is like I will always bring that kind of vibe and analogy into my business. Like if you go on my website, you'll see there's a headline that says step into your sauce. And that's kind of a play on like shoes and your outfits being saucy because that's just the culture I'm trying to create, a culture of this sort of lifestyle and the way that people love shoes so much. Like I want them to think about that when they're thinking about their own brands and my brand. So I almost kind of market my business, even though we're an agency model, I almost kind of market my business like a clothing brand. Like it's very much a lifestyle brand. It's kind of my secret. So you guys are hearing the secret tea, but the reason my brand has so much buy-in from the community and the reason why people really love my brand and are attracted to it, even if they don't know it, is because we market like a lifestyle brand in that we have physical products. We send swag, we share outfits, and we share all these different things that are not at all related to graphic design because I'm trying to build this bigger lifestyle. So the same way when you see someone wearing, you know, Nikes or you see someone wearing like Chanel, it's a lot more than just that actual physical product. That's the kind of vibe that I bring into my brand. So when you see our graphic design services, you don't just think, okay, this is a graphic designer. You think of all these things. You think like, oh, this is really dope. You think this is someone who is cool and connected to different elements of pop culture. You think there's a lot of like just diversity and innovation and artisticness. And those things are all really true. And so by finding these little like connections and little things from my personal life to bring into how I show up through the brand. I think that's been really helpful for us standing out compared to a lot of other brand designers. Totally. You definitely do stand out and everything that you're saying makes so much sense. And it leads me to another question about the intersection between branding and marketing. It feels like there's a lot there. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Does having a clear defined brand make marketing easier or how does your brand kind of contribute to marketing. Here's my thought, but I would love for you to like snatch me up if I'm kind of getting it wrong or if you have a better way you can say it. But what I'm thinking is your brand is how you want to be remembered and your marketing is kind of like the conversations that you're having on an ongoing basis. So I'd love to talk about how one kind of gives to the other. Yeah, I love that. I think you put that really well. If we were to put it into an analogy, your brand is who you are, your personality, your persona, like the character traits people will describe you as and the way you think. And then marketing is how you talk and how you convey who you are to people. So the same way people don't know your personality until you start talking to them, right? We learn about people and we learn about different traits based on conversations with them. So you might meet someone and you don't know anything about them. After 30 minutes of talking, you might say, oh, they're really bubbly. Oh, they're really this. Oh, they're really that. That's the marketing. But the brand is the bubbly, the this, the that, those characteristics. And so for me, I think you can't have good marketing without a strong brand because you need something to market. 
I think something this is something people forget so easily. They just focus on marketing and sales because it's a more commonly known term and kind of generally anybody on the street understands marketing is like kind of selling things and stuff. But people don't realize if you don't have a clearly defined brand, you don't have those traits, you don't have that goal of how you want to make people feel, then your marketing is going to be very confused or very weak because you're just kind of trying things. You're just trying to go viral. You're just trying to make money, but you're not really tying it back into this core brand essence, that feeling, that experience. So I think you definitely need to have a brand that you can market. And then obviously through your marketing, you can continue to grow that brand and learn new things about your brand and explore different ways to evolve your brand. But ultimately there has to be a brand to market in the first place. Yeah. And you know what? That reminds me of, at least for myself, I've tried a lot of different business models. Like I've tried everything. And one of the things that I tried at one point was having a membership. And when you have a membership, it's kind of like you have stuff in a box. Like I have this box and there's all this stuff in the box. There's monthly content and calls and this and that. And what I found was happening with my marketing at that time was I was just like selling stuff in a box. I was like, look at all this stuff in this box. Instead of talking about, here's what it feels like to be in a community like this. Here's how, you know, you'll be transformed after just one month in the membership. You know, I wasn't really focused on the feeling and what happened with me. And I know that multi-passionists listening will relate is I got really, really bored really quick. And I did not want to keep talking about it. And anyone who's dipped their toe into marketing knows it's a highly repetitive process. You don't just talk about your thing once. By the time you're sick of it, I guarantee you someone's heard it for the very first time. So you have to embrace repetition. But I could really see now talking to you and learning what I'm learning today. When you are marketing a movement, when you're marketing your brand, I can already see how there's so many different places you can go in telling that story versus like stuff in a box or like, you know, I have a coaching program. Here's how many calls there are every month. So let's talk about that for a moment. Let's talk about branding and how having a strong, irreplaceable, memorable brand helps with storytelling and how then that's going to ultimately make your marketing way more powerful. Because again, I keep thinking back to Slow Girl Summer. And I mean, I would be like living my life in the world, not online and be like, this is totally a slow girl summer moment, (laughs) which is like, that's successful. Like that means that you truly created a movement if I'm living my life and I'm out in the world, but I'm thinking about your brand because I'm relating to it in the moment. So how do we get there? I mean, clearly you're, you're great at this, but how do we kind of understand how branding and then storytelling and then marketing can come together? Yeah, I think marketing, it's important, of course, but it's very, kind of surface level to a degree. It's very much like features and what, but your brand is more about the why, why people should care and that sort of deeper reasoning and that deeper message and deeper pull on people. So I think when you're branding yourself and you're marketing your brand, really it's important to have an idea of that story, like you said, to kind of know the story that you're taking people through. You know, your ideal client or your ideal customer, they're the hero and you're helping them on their hero's journey. So kind of, I honestly write this down on paper, but mapping out what that story is, you know, where are they before? Where are they after? How do I help get them there? And just really list it out. When you tell people that, they are compelled. Like when you say, hey, I'm sure you're experiencing this right now. Is this something that you're feeling? Imagine if you never had to feel like this again. This is where you'll be feeling after you work with me or after you buy my product. 
people can identify with that because they put themselves in those shoes, they relate. And then that's something that feels more like them. When you're talking about your product, how many features there are, how many calls you have with them, um, times you're going to post in the Slack group, that's you centered. That's amazing stuff, but that's stuff that you care about. That's stuff that you do, that you've built. Nobody's going to care about how many group calls there are. Nobody's going to be like, oh yeah, like seven Zoom calls. That feels so profound to me. I love that. Like, no, you're the only person that cares that much about that. So you want to come from a place of empathy and saying, what are people really going to care about most? And how can I put them at the center of the story? Because that's what they remember. That's the message. That's the story. And that's your brand. Of course, you can still market your features and say, you know, this is the value you're getting of these many Zoom calls. And these are the other things that will be inside. And like, this is included. But ultimately, that's not going to move the needle. That's just extra reasons to say yes. You need to have a clearly defined main reason to say yes. The quote unquote, make us care moment. I think that's super important to just be able to know why people should care. And I think that's really what your brand is, is why people should care and what makes you different or better or how you change their life. And once you have that articulated, then you can translate that into really cool marketing ideas. So, you know, then you can create content or then you can create a sales page or videos or whatever the case. But I think it has to come from that place of that core story, their hero's journey, their transformation first in order to be really effective. Yes. Totally. One of the things that I was thinking about when I was creating my sales page for my program, Prioritize and Thrive, is like, how do I want it to feel? And what is this sales page conveying? What is it inviting people to? And my thought was like, okay, it's like a party and I'm inviting people to it. And so that really gave me my color palette. That gave me some of the stock imagery that I used. I also knew that I wanted everyone to feel invited. So, you know, it's very diverse in terms of the photography that I use. I almost want to like share it with you and get your opinion in real time, because I think that it's so important, especially as we create this content that's going to speak for our offerings or speak for what we're doing out in the world to represent that feeling and to give that feeling. But it's so easy to think about well, I need to get every word of copy right, or I need to have this many testimonials. But this is one case in my personal like business where I really did start with how do I want people to feel? And if I want it to feel like a party, what does that look like? What does that feel like? I'm going to put it in the chat. I want you to look at it. I just want you to have like a visual of it because I would love to know, like, as you look at that, are you kind of getting a feeling? And I'll put this link in the show notes for anyone who wants to kind of go on this journey with us too. Are you getting a feeling when you see that? Like, did I kind of get it right? I guess is what I'm what I'm wanting to know. And, you know, are there is there room for improvement or where do you feel like, okay, yeah, here's an example of branding or here's an example of storytelling versus like stuff in a box? I think right away, my initial impression is visually, this is definitely giving me party vibes, but it's party in the sense that there's joy and relief. Like you can see these people are actually thriving. It's not just like wild, reckless party. It's you can tell that there is some sort of level of like, oh, I feel better than I did before. And now I'm thriving. There's sort of a journey there. There's sort of this process of becoming free and excited. So I think that already is starting to tell me a story. I think there's this headline that says a year from now, you'll wish you had started today. So let's get started. I love that because I think that shows so much empathy. And right there, people will be like, oh yeah, she snatched me. Like, that's true. That's me. Because that's the thing too. I've heard so many people say, oh yeah, this analogy you used or this thing you said really related to me, like that resonated because I felt like you were in my head. 
when people are saying they feel like you read their mind, that's the goal. You want to be that sort of mind reader and create stuff that's like, wow, that's exactly what I was thinking, or that's how exactly I want to feel. That's what's powerful. That's branding. That's the story. I think it's like, it shows a really good understanding of who you're talking to. I think one way to sum it up is like marketing is about what you're giving to them, but brand is about who they'll become. And this sales page really speaks to who this person is, the kind of life and the thoughts and the feelings they'll be experiencing, not just the logistics of the program. Yay. (laughs) Thank you for that feedback. And, you know, that's a testament to the process of maybe wait until you know what you want the thing to feel like. So, you know, in my process to bring everyone kind of behind the scenes, I didn't create this sales page before the program existed. I actually got in the program, started coaching clients, started feeling into their experience, noticed all the cool, eclectic people I was attracting into the program. And I got to know everyone before I ever created the sales page. Now, that's the first time I've ever done it that way. Before, I would have got the idea and been in a silo by myself and created a sales page for what I kind of hope it would look like eventually. But this time, I started getting to know my clients first. And, you know, I did design the course content. I'll say that. So I had some of the colors, but in terms of what it felt like, I let that be an experience that I lived through. And then I created the sales page because I needed to know what it felt like first. And that was a really different experience for me. So maybe that's a practice that someone can take with them who's listening. And, you know, you can translate this to whatever kind of business that you have. I know we're multi-passionate, so it might not be a sales page. Maybe it's your Shopify storefront or whatever that looks like. But there is something about waiting to see how it feels and then creating the content and then writing the copy that I think will get us closer to that movement vibe and that brand vibe than just that raw kind of arbitrary marketing vibe. So yay, I'm so excited that this sales page kind of passes the shine test. That was really fun. All right. I have one more question to kind of like touch on and then we'll wrap up because this is something that I see you do and you're really good at it and you, you show us how you do this. I've noticed that you borrow both branding and marketing initiatives or ideas from other types of businesses. So whether it's, I remember you going into the Nike store and filming something and being like, look at this marketing. This is amazing. Like I will find a way to do this myself. So where can we do that? Where can we be students of the world when it comes to branding and then marketing our brands? That is such an excellent question. And I'm super glad you caught that because anyone that knows me knows I'm very big on innovation and being disruptive and like bringing really creative or new ideas to your business and to your brand. So this is something that I didn't know was so obvious. I thought I was being a little sneaky, but I'm glad that you caught it. I do definitely borrow from different industries. And I think that's the key is bringing something from its original context. Let's say it's fashion, bringing that into your totally different type of business. Like, like I said, I have used a lot of streetwear and shoes inspo. And so like I'll market like a clothing brand in certain ways. And like I borrow from different industries. And so for you, You can market yourself like a clothing brand or see what's working for a restaurant. Maybe they are really good at getting buzz out in the local community. Maybe you want to get buzz out in the local community. That doesn't mean you also have to be a restaurant, but you can see what kind of things they're doing to get noticed in your local geographic region and see, okay, well, how can I put that spin on my marketing? 
what are some marketing things I can do that will kind of seem similar to that or work in the same way. So I think you have to do it and I'll kind of break it down in these steps. You have to look at different industries that you're really into or that you think are successful, see what's working and then break them down and figure out what works about them. So then you can recreate that in your own way, because it doesn't work to just copy from another industry, because a lot of times that won't translate directly. You have to figure out what about it you like and what about it works. So then you can do that. So let's say, for example, a clothing brand. I really like Amy Landor. That's a really good streetwear brand. I think their stuff is really cool and their campaign lookbooks are really cool. If I wanted to market my brand like that, I would say, okay, what's working really well? Is it the photography style? Okay, well then I'm going to bring that photography style into my brand. And instead of taking pictures in a blazer on a stool, like every other, you know, sort of solopreneur, I'm going to do some more editorial photography and do stuff that looks more like a fashion shoot. And then that'll get people's attention on me because they'll say, oh, is this a fashion brand? Or why does this look different? It'll stop the scroll. It'll create buzz. And that's how you'll bring new people into your brand. And that's an easy way to stand out in your market, but also build something that nobody else has ever done before. So just finding those little things that you can take and reinvent in your own way is super huge. Just like taking things from other industries. It's a really big tip for standing out in your brand. Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been a fantastic conversation. This might be an episode to listen to more than once. Everybody like you might need to take some notes, go back, catch all those gems that shine drop for us. Shine, before we wrap up, please let everyone know where they can find you and how they can work with you to design their own brands. Yes, you can find me on any social media platform at designed by shine. We are always taking dope, deep, and different clients. So if you're trying to build this unforgettable, irreplaceable brand, definitely go to our website, designedbyshine.com to learn more about our specific services. And if you're really just vibing with this conversation, join our community. It's a free online community for anyone, creatives, entrepreneurs, multi-passionates. It's called The Sunspot. It's on Discord. It's like one big group chat, super dope vibes, and lots of helpful resources in there. So make sure you check that out as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Shine, for coming on to the show and being an amazing guest and giving us so much value. Everyone check the links in the show notes. Make sure that you keep in touch with Shine and happy branding. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Multi-Passionate Mastery Podcast. If you received anything valuable from this episode, send it to a friend. I know you've got some creative people in your life who need to hear this. Also, please take a moment to leave a review. Even sharing one sentence about how you feel about this podcast can help us reach the hearts and ears of more multi-passionates. If you're not exactly sure how to leave a review, I've left some instructions for you down in the show notes. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.